Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name is Blake, and I'm here with two of our great hosts this week. First up, we got the commentator, Andrew. Hello. And our very own Jedi Archive, Diedrich. Here I am with Blake, the big kahuna. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. So we got a lot to get to for this episode. We are talking about episodes three and four of The Bad Batch. But first, let's get into some Star Wars news with Now Hear This. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this, whoever you are. Dave Filoni, the big man over at Disney and Lucasfilm, has been promoted to executive creative director. Um, I think that is an awesome move on Disney's part. Um, what do you, what do you guys think about this? So is this one move by Kathleen Kennedy we can all agree is good? Well, did Kathleen Kennedy make this decision? Is she not the head of all of that? I, I think that's all kind of like I, I think it's kind of like all up in the air right now. Um, I haven't heard much out of old KK in a while. Um, so I, I don't know if it was her decision, like the board, Bob Iger. Is he? I don't even know if he's even the like CEO of Disney anymore. Whoever it is that gets think, those uh, decisions. I think the bigger question is why, like, because it hasn't been like a secret for a year, right, or something? Yeah. So Variety actually reported that this um, promotion was given to Dave last summer, and it has just come out with an update of their website. Uh, I guess Lucasfilm or Disney's website that he has taken on this role. So apparently Dave's been doing this for almost a year. Um, I don't know what the big secret was about, but people are flipping over it. Doing a great job. Yeah, he's doing a good job. Um, But the thing is, like, we can't really expect things to get better. I mean, I guess we can expect things to get better from here, but he's already been doing it a year, so it's going to be kind of like it has been for a year. But wouldn't you say things are getting better? Yeah, I mean, I think things are slowly getting better. Better than they started, oh, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Disney's putting out these shows that seem to be um, making up for their faux pas with the uh, sequel trilogy. Many fans are divided on that. Some love it. Some hate it. Um, I don't know very many in the middle. So why make this announcement now? Why Why wait? What is? Was there a political thing? Were they trying to keep it under wraps for a while and just couldn't anymore? Like, why? Because... I feel like they should have gone ahead and told us this when the Mandalorian season, you know, those seasons one and two were coming out last year. That would have made sense to add hype. This would have happened between seasons one and two of the Mandalorian. I don't know why they would keep it a secret. They're playing it off like they just updated the website and it's like, oh, yeah, we gave him this promotion. We didn't think anybody would care. But of course, we all care because we want Dave Filoni in charge of all the creative everything to do with Star Wars because he is the protege of George Lucas. Uh, he is the apprentice, if you will. Yes, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think if anybody understands both George's vision for Star Wars and what Star Wars needs to do to evolve, it seems to be that guy. Yes, him and John Favreau have done a great job with these series, what they're doing, what they're going to do, and I can't wait for it. But talking about one of those other series Rangers of the New Republic so there have been some reports that that may not be in development anymore Um, possibly over the firing of uh, Gina Carano Uh, we all know that there was a whole lot of uh, issues with her speech and Disney didn't like what she was saying on social media and things like that so they fired her and it seems like she was going to be one of the main characters, if not the main characters of this Rangers of the New Republic um, TV show. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, why why stop development on this show? I was I was really sad. I was sad to hear that, man. Because like I was thinking, this Ranger show was going to show us a lot more of the New Republic that the sequel trilogy was really lacking in context. So I was thinking they were going to try to use that as kind of like the Clone Wars helped to build like a backstory and uh, just a background, make the, the wider galaxy seem more accessible. Well, especially for us fans of uh, Legends, 
the New Republic is such a central figure. I mean, it is the government of the entire Legends after... Well, not the entire Legends, but a lot of the Legends after the original trilogy back in the day before it became the Galactic Alliance. Uh, that's a whole different episode. <laughs> We'd have to talk about all that. It's pretty crazy. But the New Republic plays a humongous part in those Legends. And when we heard that the New Republic was going to be in the sequel trilogy... I'm sure there was a time. I was hyped. I was like, that's great. I can't wait to see the New Republic in film. This is going to be awesome. And the New Republic was literally just a flash in the pan just to be destroyed within the first, what, half hour of Force Awakens? Yeah, you, you just see their little capital area. I don't even know if it's the entire planet. It's just a city. We only see one city, and then it gets blown up. And that's basically all we see. We do see a few capital ships in the distance, so we assume, you know, the entire military gets blown up too, right? right. That's implied. But that's it. <sighs> that was that was horrible storytelling. <laughs> I don't know if there's another way to to say it. I just I don't get <laughs> why they did that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really sad about this Rangers of the New Republic thing too. Um, like you said, Diedrich, it was going to flesh out kind of the New Republic, what's going on with it. And we've got glimpses in the Mandalorian of how the Galactic Empire is kind of shifting into this New Republic era. Uh, we, we've seen a couple of uh, X-Wing fighter pilots, like police guys. and I was really looking forward to seeing more of, uh, especially the, the Asian actor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I really enjoyed him um, as uh, just this X-Wing pilot that kept popping yeah. up. Kind of like... Uh, like a Nick Fury kind of thing. He's just like always there. Um, I I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Kim's Convenience on Netflix, but he's in that too. I love him yeah, in that. It's, it's kind of sad news. Yeah, Rangers of the New Republic seems to be on a hold for development. Uh, sad news, but maybe something good will come out of it. We just all have to trust in Dave Filoni, which I think is easy for us as Star Wars fans to do. So moving on, our podcast is starting to grow in popularity a little bit. There's more people listening in, and our host that uh, hosts our our host site that hosts our show has actually updated their analytics, and you can kind of see where people are listening in it. So um, we actually have like three people from the UK who really like this show. Uh, thank you. Uh, we have like one person in Belgium who really likes us. He's like. It starts out as a white dot if you've listened like one time and it gets redder the more you listen and there's like a really big red dot in Belgium. So to our one Belgium listener, shout out to you. Thank you, red dot. <laughs> to our one listener in Brazil, um, thank you for listening. We have one Canadian, A. Eh? Thank you for listening. All right. If I'm racist for when I was talking about British people, can you say A eh, about Canadians? They're going to ah, get you. But they're so nice about it. They're, 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 very, they're very apologetic. They are. They're, They'll probably forgive me. Please, Canada, forgive me. Uh, we are friends of the Canadian, the one Canadian that's listening to our show. Um, and then there's a few Australian blokes out there listening to us, too. Probably want to listen to me say uh, things like Omega does. You know, Omega. Or, or I can't even do an Australian accent. Good day, mate. Uh, not very well. Was that? Are you talking about our Wisconsin listeners, dude? No. <laughs> no, Australian. I, I got... Omega. That That's right. Omega. There we go. Omega. Om My name's Omega. Rekka. Rekka. Anyways. Um, but thank you guys. Uh, we, we didn't know that we were actually making strides internationally as well. That's that's fun. So, Four girls. What? Yeah. You can't assume those genders, man. We don't know. Did I say guys? I meant guys. Isn't, I'm sorry. So, guys. I, uh. I incited a riot on Facebook uh, over the last couple of days. A lot of you new listeners are probably in on that because I feel like we've gotten some some listeners from our social media strides. Um, we are actually going to be talking about cross guard lightsabers in our next episode as one of our subtopics. And so I kind of posed the question out there on, on Facebook and shared it to a bunch of Star Wars groups. And I'm telling you, dude. People are passionate about their love or hate for cross guard lightsabers. Because it sucks. And some people think it's great. All right, so here's my thesis, and here's why it's great. I'm just kidding. We'll go <laughs> yeah, that's going to be in the next episode. I just thought <laughs> it was funny that uh, I was able to incite. I mean, literally, I mean, there's literally hundreds of comments on these 
different groups and they're just like bashing each other. They're like, oh, what's the point in the cross guard lightsaber? Like you slice your wrists off. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. And they're like, yeah, true. But, if, but if the blade slides down and it guards your hands, you know, all the Skywalkers lose hands and it's like, oh, maybe true. And then some guys like, well, the middle has to be made out of Beskar, blah, blah, blah. But dude, these people are like bashing. Like there's diagrams. People have posted diagrams of how lightsabers work and all this crazy stuff. And um, I'm honored that I was able to incite a riot for Dork Wars, the podcast. Han shot first. Oh, was that uncalled for? No, no, no. That's perfect. Yeah, perfect it was time. perfect time. I just, I just didn't understand what you said. So Han did shoot first. And anyone that says different is a liar and should be thrown into the Sarlacc pit. Greedo did nothing wrong. What are we talking about tonight? So tonight, Diedrich, we are going to be talking about the Bad Batch. Experimental unit clone force 99. They call themselves the Bad Batch. So tonight we are talking about the Bad Batch episodes three and four. That being replacements and cornered respectively. Um, both very good episodes. We got to learn a lot. And um, so let's start out with episode three. Uh, what are your guys' initial thoughts? I'm assuming... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we get into it, though, if you have not watched episodes three and four of The Bad Batch, turn off this podcast, go watch those episodes, and then come back and listen to us discuss this. This is not a spoiler-free zone. There will be massive spoilers ahead. So, if you do not want this spoiled... How, how do I turn this off? Oh, God. Oh, wait, you you're here, Andrew. You can't turn it off. You're discussing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I hope Andrew has seen these episodes. This is going to get very interesting, folks. So stay tuned unless you have not seen these episodes. I guess we'll find out. Yes. If you have seen these episodes, you'll find out if Andrew has seen these episodes. We should we should ask Andrew what he thinks the episodes are about. <laughs> if he's not seen them and then compare them to what actually happened. Yeah. So... Andrew, we're putting you on the spot. Uh, what did you think of episode three replacements? I actually really enjoyed episode three. My favorite part of episode three was when Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. It was amazing. Wow. That's some like that's some alternative universe. Yeah. <laughs> episode three of the Bad Batch. There is no Darth Vader or Anakin in there. From from a certain point of view. Are you sure? Are we, did we watch the same episode? Are you sure? Um, I remember an Odo Moon Dragon. I remember um, some new special guards for the Empire. I remember some Saw Gerrera minions getting fried. Oh, yeah? Do you remember Admiral Rampart being introduced, dude? Because Admiral Rampart sounds like a very Star Wars name, but Ooh. I don't. You don't remember that? That definitely you, happened. The, so, honestly, I really did enjoy this episode, dude. Oh, is that is that the other guy? Like who's not Tarkin? Yeah, he's the kid. Like he's not a kid, up. but you know he's he's like yeah, he's fresh. He's 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 kind of young. He's for not ninety nine years old like Admiral Tarkin is. Hey, that's experience though. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, there's really like two different stories going on in this one episode. On one hand, you have the Bad Batch and Omega. I guess Omega's part of the Bad Batch now. So I guess you have the Bad Batch story, and then you have the Crosshair story. And the Bad Batch story is okay. Um, it's really the Crosshair story that did it for me this week. So I'll quickly summarize that Bad Batch uh, story plot or storyline. They are traveling through space. Something's wrong with the ship. They land, they get a crash landing going on. They get on the, uh, what is it, planet? Is it, yes, it is a moon. Uh, is it the moon of Odo? Is that, is that the, that where they landed? I believe it is yeah, a moon. Is it a, it's either a moon of Odo. I'm pretty sure Ordo is the moon, right? Ordo or Odo? It's Ordo. Ordo. It's the moon of Ordo. Okay. So it's a moon Ordo. of Ordo. Ordo. And they, they wreck, and a Ordo Moon Dragon, that's pretty cool, comes and steals their capacitor. The uh, Bad Batch go out and try to um, find this thing to get their capacitor back. Hunter is tracking the monster, and 
Omega actually asks Hunter if she can learn how to track, and he said, no, that's my enhanced skill, this, that, and the other. Go on and you go on and you find <laughs> out that Omega tracks the Ordo Moon Dragon to its lair. She gets the capacitor back, distracts the dragon, and gets back to the Bad Batch. Um, so this story plot was actually pretty cool for Omega's character because it's possible that she can track like hunter tracks here's 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 my thought it's gonna be a hot take let's hear it she's gonna be force sensitive for sure yeah um, you think so she's force sensitive absolutely absolutely but, 100%. That, that's why she's so important i she's could the see first that cloned force sensitive being yeah well that's what i was gonna say I, I could see that and then i could also see her being uh like her big her big arc is that she's gonna be trained or at some point she's gonna know all of the abilities that all the bad batch have well, she's never going to be strong like Wrecker. I disagree. If you're saying she's going to be force sensitive, I can I could pretty much argue that it doesn't matter. The force will make her strong. So the two opinions that you guys are posing are the two biggest opinions that I've gotten on social media from actually asking this question about Omega myself. Um, there are a certain sect of people who think she's force sensitive, and it seems like everybody else thinks that she's going to have all the abilities of the other members of the bad batch. And I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle of this. I think this is kind of, this is a hot take for me. I think they're going to try to make us think that she's going to gain the powers of the bad batch, but in reality, she's just force sensitive. That's, that's kind of my hot take on that. There's no way that she's ever going to be that strong like record though. Cause that's not, we never see a, a Jedi just like, punch a boulder or something like that you know well, no but that's what the force is force push well and that's what i'm saying i think it's gonna they're gonna try to fake i think they're gonna try to fake us out though i think they're gonna try to fake us out and give us like a little but she, she could have definitely used the force to find this the dragon i mean that's that's definitely a thing that force sensors yeah. can do they can sense where beings are kind of i definitely agree with that and that's kind of why i think they're going to try the fake out thing where they're going to make us think that she's gaining the uh, bad batch powers like she's uh tracking like hunter in the first episode she shot um a gun really well which she's a clone of jango fett so of course she's going to shoot well um she kind of maybe she'll do some techie stuff next episode or something but i think we're going to eventually find out she's just very intuitive because of the force um, it it was pretty interesting though. I think they're trying to build that mystique around Omega now and trying to kind of tell us or show us, kind of lead us into why she's such an important character. So on to Crosshair. Crosshair gets some new troops. Um, Tarkin and Rampart discuss Project War Mantle, which is pretty much, um, citizens of the Empire joining the Empire's military and replacing the clone troopers eventually. This isn't going to happen all at once, but they have already started implementing this with some of the best troops that they can find. So these these new troops are not clones, and Lama Say is not very happy about it. She does not like the fact that they're trying to phase out the clones. Um and neither is um Chancellor Skater Camino, and I still haven't learned his name, and we're just going to keep calling him that because I also thought it was Lama Su. Yeah, it's Lama Su. He's the prime minister. He's not a chancellor. No, Lama Say is the the lady. That's her. I, I've looked it up because I don't know if it's the same one from Attack of the Clones. I think it's a different Kaminoan. Because we said we were saying Lama Su last episode, okay. but everything I looked at, like even the subtitles, because I watched it with subtitles, is Lama Say. I feel like that's what Boba said in episode two. Is that how they pronounce it in the show? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty really sure they, they pronounce say it her Lama name Su, dude. They might. So I, I don't remember them saying her name in the Bad yeah, Batch. But I don't either. I, I thought it was the same character we see in, in episode two. It's L-A-M-A-S-U. S-E. It is. It's L-A-M-A-S-U. Well... I don't know if that's how you maybe, pronounce maybe it. Maybe it is two different. Maybe it's two different characters, and we just don't know. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll do some research and get back to you on that next episode. Um, so Lama say Lama Su, she does not like this going on. So these new troopers, and I think they are aptly called ES01, ES02, ES03, ES04. But the main one that we're going to be talking about tonight is ES01. He is. The trooper that is getting 
examined by the medical droid. And he's like, why do I have to get examined? This is pretty stupid. And the other uh, recruit for the Empire is like, well, I mean, why does it even matter? Who are you going to fight? The war's over. And he said, well, the Empire feeds me. And the Empire puts a roof over my head. And that's more than the Republic ever did for me. That is exactly what he says. And this is kind of bringing into our minds, is the Empire really that bad? Um, Obviously, the answer is yes. I think it's good for certain people. If you're a part of the military-industrial complex, you're probably doing all right. And that's kind of what he's saying. I guess he was probably a a soldier for the Republic or something to that effect. And now he's working for the empire. He was probably a security force on a planet. Yeah. And now that he's working for the empire. He's got it made. Like they're taking care of him where the Republic never did. So it's kind of like some people love the empire who are just normal citizens and they will sign up for that military. I mean, even in like the tri- the original trilogy, everyone that you see, the stormtroopers, the soldiers, they are all people who signed up. I, I don't think, um, at least based on what we've seen in the Bad Batch, the Empire wasn't going and rounding up people just to serve in their military. I think this is an argument. I think this is a good. I think this is good evidence for an argument that we've never had, and it's that anybody who was on the Death Star when it was blown up was a bad guy. Right. That's implied because it's. Star Wars, and we're supposed to be rooting for Luke well, it's Skywalker. Like war, war is messy, right? War, there's good people usually on both sides of any military in any fight in the history of ever. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, because I mean, you got to think how many people on the Death Star were janitors. You know, they were just cleaning. How many were, were mechanics? You know, they weren't fighters. They weren't out there killing people. Lunch, lunch ladies. Lunch ladies, exactly. Yeah, the U.S. military. There's more like support staff than we actually have frontline troops. So you got to think for every like one soldier we have that goes into a combat zone, we have like 10 personnel behind the scenes, you know, doing whatever. Well, now that we're calling Luke Skywalker a terrorist, I think it's a good time to move on. Um, uh, that's definitely a, a debate we're going to have at some point. That's, that's a whole episode right there. I know that's like probably the second time I've said that tonight, but there, there's some really good stuff coming out of the Bad Batch. Real quick, not to not to jump ahead, but like we also see – the, the citizens, like the general population, support for the Empire in Episode 4. And we'll talk about that in a minute, I bet. Yes, we will. Um, so this new elite crew, led by Crosshair, is uh, is sent to Alderaan. Excuse me, Onderon. Always, when I say it really fast, I mess it up. Um, so the new crew has been sent to Onderon to go get Saw, to pretty much do what the Bad Batch did not do in Episode 1. And on the way to Onderon, ES-01 and Crosshair kind of exchange a few words. And ES-01 is pretty upset that a clone is leading them. And he's like, look, dude, don't get used to being in charge. Um, I'm coming for your job is basically what he was saying. And that's probably the biggest talk we hear from ES-01 from henceforth um, because they get onto Onderon, they pretty much kill all of Saul's and uh, um, soldiers, the guys that are with him, his security, I guess. I don't know if there's really s- soldiers yet, but his little security detail, he kills all of them and the citizens trying to get off planet. Um, ESO one wants to capture them and question them. And Crosshair said, Nope, that's not what we were supposed to do. We're supposed to kill them. And ESO one is like, all right, troops, you know what to do. We're going to take these guys and capture them and question them. So ESO one is trying to take control of the special forces unit at this point. And Crosshair's like, nah, that's not happening. Boom. Shoots him, kills him, lays dead right on the floor. And I don't know. They, they see that and they're like, yeah, Crosshair is our guy. He's, he's the leader. And it's implied that, the, uh, well, they, they're very hesitant. They, they they don't really want to join them, but they, they see the violence and they're like, "Yeah, I don't want to die." No, they <laughs> do not want to join yeah, them. I true. don't think. But they're like, "Dude, yeah." Well, they seem very hesitant. Like, they they don't really seem to want to shoot the civilians. But once they see Crosshair take out the only person who is really speaking up, they kind of fall in line. 
which kind of blew my mind because it seemed like earlier on in the episode that Crosshair was kind of showing some sort of like regret for the decision that he made. Yeah, I think he's struggling and that's kind of what we're supposed to see, but he is still doing some really bad stuff. I think what Andrew's referring to is that scene where they go back to the barracks where the bad backs used to stay. Yeah. And it's now just him left and he's got this new squad of people he doesn't really know or trust. Yep. And it was right after a scene where it was actually the bad batch themselves were showing emotion, which I thought was uh, pretty awesome. Because they're not yeah. just soldiers. I mean, they still care about yeah. this guy who shot him and almost killed him, but they still care about him. Yeah, good contrast. Well, I think they still believe it's not all his decision. They know that this the, the chip is still there. Yeah, yeah, they they touch on that. Yeah, it's shaping up to be a pretty interesting story. Kind of like one we haven't really seen in Star Wars that I can really recall where someone betrays a group and has to be welcomed back at some point. Obviously, we haven't made it to that point. That's just kind of a a prediction. I'm, I'm sure Crosshair will Spoilers! join once again. Yeah, No, it's not really a spoiler yet. It might be one day. Spoilers! I'm just kidding. <laughs> we but, haven't uh, even seen all the episodes. Yeah, but the Special Forces unit, it's implied that they kill the civilians and go back with Crosshair. And like you said, it doesn't seem like they really want to do it. And... If they didn't want to do it, I don't know why all three of them didn't just, like, gang up on Crosshair. Like, they pretty much could have, you know? I don't know, man. He's a, he's a, he's a special force. They, they know he's special. Oh, yeah. With a capital S. For Sniper. I, don't, I, I think, you know, think about he is, he is put in charge of the mission. So if they go against him, they, they might face court-martial and be executed. I mean, it's... Hard to go against a commanding officer in the field. Yeah, imagine if they go back without Crosshair. <laughs> like, what happens then? I think Tarkin probably does away with them at that point, right? Because he knows something fishy is going on. Yeah. And Crosshair is kind of Tarkin's right-hand guy right now. That's that's how it's playing out. But anyways, they get back to the the um, back to Camino. The special forces and Crosshair get back to Camino, and they're like, "Oh, you're missing a guy." And they're like, "Yep, we are." And Tarkin's impressed. <laughs> Tarkin says that the Special Forces unit did something that the Bad Batch couldn't do, and then he promotes Vice Admiral Rampart to Admiral Rampart. So now he has gotten a promotion, and they put um, Project War Mantle into his hands. So it seems like Tarkin might be out of the picture for a little bit. It kind of seems like a, a little bit of a farewell, if you will. Yeah, well, can they... Can they keep Tarkin in and not ruin his character by having Tarkin defeated? You know, they, they did this in Rebels, too. They removed Tarkin at a moment when like, it was kind of coming to a head where Tarkin was going to have to get beaten by the Rebels crew if the Rebels crew was going to survive. And I feel like they made the right call by not having his character ruined by getting defeated by essentially no-name you know, side characters instead of you know, the actual um, group we see in the original trilogy yeah i agree tarkin's whole character is this strong-willed military leader he may not be the biggest or the mean the toughest he's probably the meanest though he's he's pretty ruthless definitely the meanest dude he has no emotions he just but he gets it done you know he's just this big strong wall of what the empire is he is really the embodiment of the empire order and security that is what he's about so yes to have him leave now and genocide and genocide yes we can't forget that he destroyed all of the alderanians is that how you say alderanites alderanians who knows alderanians Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so uh uh tarkin is now out of the picture it seems like for a little bit and the bad batch is going to be able to defeat Admiral Rampart because I don't think Admiral Rampart is mentioned anymore. If I'm not mistaken, uh, like in other media. So, right. Which is kind of weird. Cause it seemed like they kind of focused in on him for a little bit. Well, he's going to be in for a while. He's going to be the main threat. Yeah. And more than likely be taken out by the bad batch or some other force. We shall see. Spoilers. But what I did like about this episode is that it gave us a lot of the Crosshair story. Um, I know kind of last episode, we were all kind of skeptical about where it was going. 
we were a little afraid that it was going to get really stale rather quickly. But this actually fleshed out Crosshair's character, gave him a little bit of struggle, and just made him seem like a cool character. Um, the, the one thing that really kind of turned me off to this episode, though, not completely, but partly, was that the Bad Batch storyline kind of just seemed like a side quest. Like, it just seemed like filler. Um, it, it was just so-so. The- but I think it's setting up what's going to be, you know, yes. the next series of confrontations between this new squad and the old Bad yeah, Batch. Yeah, exactly. They needed to focus in on this, especially since they're only 25-minute episodes. Right. I think that they did a good job of setting up some mystique around Omega and kind of what she's about. I think they did a good job with that, but the whole kind of plot was just kind of flat for me. So moving on, which plot the whole like Ordo moon dragon stole the capacitor. Let's go get it back. I don't know. It was just, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did seem kind of like your, you know, side side quest. Yeah. 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 I can agree with that. So moving on to episode four cornered. So, uh, pretty much all I have to say about this episode as a summary is, uh, Fennec Shand. That's the summary. Nice, dude. Yeah, thank you. So, the, uh, the crew land on the planet Pondera? Pantera? What was it? Pantera. Pontiac. Pontiac? Pantera? Oh, you really don't know the name of the planet? No, I really don't. I, I did not write it down like I should have. Pantora. 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 That's a pretty cool name. I feel like it's that's kind of like a very generic sci-fi name. Yes, because it's like almost the same thing as Pandora. The one in yeah, it's the one from Avatar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. So the crew land on Pantora. Say it one more time. Yeah, you had it. It's a Pandora with a T. Crew lands on Pantora. They pay off this guard. Or the, the uh, I guess, the uh, foreman of the hangar bay to not tell anybody who they are, don't need any chain codes, kind of were flying under the radar. And that foreman dude ends up contacting who we know is Fennec Shand. And Fennec Shand comes down and tries to get poor Omega. Um, the Bad Batch go out to get some money. They are really hurting for cash or credits or whatever the uh, the Empire's peddling these days. Cash and credit. But um, Fennec Shand comes to get Omega. And I will say, one of the scenes that really made me laugh in this episode was um, Hunter trying to... Well, not even trying. He did sell Echo off as a droid to <laughs> the shopkeeper guy. That was some of the funniest stuff I've seen in the series so far classic so let me refer back to the scene i was mentioning in when we we're talking about last episode when we get down to the ground and the team is kind of amongst the people we get to see that scene where everybody's cheering and omega asks what's happening right and i think it's hunter right who's with her hunter's like yeah the people are excited about the end of the war and it seems like everybody seems pretty pumped about the new empire you got the hologram with the guys like yeah you can come get your chain code it's gonna be great and get some imperial credits traded in for your old republic credits it'll be fine everything's fine here we're all okay it reminds me a lot of a time back in 1932 (laughs) in a a place called germany um but what's funny is (laughs) they uh is it is it rampart on the screen giving this speech rampart I can't remember who it is actually giving the speech. On I don't the know if it's Rampart, if it's just some generic. I think it's just some generic Imperial officer guy. I don't, I don't even think so they give the him a name. So the generic Empire crony is telling everybody, you can go trade your credits in for this new Galactic money, Empire money. And we're doing this because we love you guys so much. We are the nicest Empire because we're letting you trade your old money in for what we're using now. So it kind of seems like the Empire is being gracious enough to let these people have a living you know what a nice empire and they seem happy about it though like everybody's yeah cheering. everyone's like oh my god that's great i used to be rich and now i can still be rich because i can trade this stuff in they are letting me do this like there's no freedom it's like there's a military parade going on too because the clones are like marching in the street yeah it's i think it's a it's a very 
it's kind of jarring for me at least. I'm like, how how could you guys not see what's going on? But at the same time, I've seen all the media that Star Wars has put out, or a lot of it, and I realize that the Empire is ultimately bad, right? Or supposed to be bad. It reminds me of the scene in Rebels where it's Empire Day. I think it's, a, it's like a couple episodes, yep. and they end up doing a terrorist attack on Empire Day. Right. That's... <laughs> That's a funny episode. But the, the, the people are pretty, I mean, these people are still seemingly hyped, but you definitely can tell the difference between this scene where people are like excited and uh, as opposed to the scene in Rebels where the people are there and they're having to kind of be shoved a gun in their face to get them to so, like be like, "Yay, uh, I'm still happy about I this." I think that's pretty much the difference between year 1 of the Empire and year like 15 or 16, which is when that episode takes place of the Empire. Um yeah, like at first it's like, oh yeah, the new empire—they're going to take care of us. They're letting us be rich and keep our money. And you know, sixteen years in, it's like, oh my gosh, technology sucks now. Uh, the empire's got their thumb on everything. We can't breathe on you know, like it's it's crazy. Like I think that's that's kind of a good contrast. That Rebels episode shows a galaxy ready for rebellion, and this Bad Batch episode sees a galaxy just ready for peace and they're ready for peace no matter how they can get it. Yeah. So moving on to Finning Shand, I did not like that. They brought her in. I like her character. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like the fact that they're bringing in such a specific person in this wide, broad galaxy. It, it lessens the galaxy when we keep seeing these crossovers. Agreed. That's also one of your, I'm pretty sure it was one of your past complaints about what you were not looking forward to with the bad batch talking about them just yep. introducing single characters that already exist, not making new characters. We saw the same thing in rebels. Yes. And I, I think we had, a, we did have a discussion about this some episodes ago. I don't know if it was actually pertaining to the bad batch speci uh, specifically. It might've been though. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does make the universe that much smaller and we knew we were going to see Fennec Shand in the series from the trailer. But it's it's like um, out of all of the bounty hunters that must be in the galaxy, out of all of the odds, it's going to be Fennec Shan, who's also a prominent character in the Mandalorian series, who comes to find Omega and try to take her to whoever it is that hired her. We don't know that at this point. My only guess is that they'll try to connect Bad Batch to Book of Boba Fett. Somehow. I was just about to say, when is Boba Fett going to pop in? Or Mandalorian. I don't think... The Mandalorian's too young. He's going to be only like a young teenager at this point. Because remember, he was a child during the Clone Wars. And this is only... He's a child still, really, because the Clone Wars are just ending. So he's like six, yeah, so seven. Yeah, it probably is to the Book of Boba Fett. He's with the, he's with the Mandalorian clan now because they've rescued him from the super battle droids by this point, I'd imagine, because the Correct. Clone Wars is over. Um, But he's still young. He's too young to really make a difference. Yeah, so... Now I'm really wondering who she's working for. Like that's that's kind of my big thing. We'll get to that. Let's let's first talk about the uh, the chase scene. That's kind of like the the second half of this episode is um, Hunter and the crew trying to get Omega back from Phoenix Shand, and they run through the streets. Then there's this big speeder grand race through the city where they're trying to to jump across speeders and. Uh, get Omega back from Fennec Shand. That scene reminds me of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, where Obi-Wan and Anakin are chasing the, the changer that was hired by Jango Fett. Um, that, you know, they, that tried to kill Padme in, in that movie. So maybe a good parallel. Maybe they were chasing after Fennec Shand, who was hired by Boba Fett to get Omega. Yeah, I've always thought Zam Wessel, who is the person you're referring to from episode two, always looked kind of sort of like Finnick She really Shand. does. When when she was in when she was in human form, not her green changeling natural form, but as a when she was disguised but as a But a lot human. of the sights, a lot of the sounds, um even even the two taxis that were behind them, uh that they crashed into and stuff, um, those taxis I think actually are in Attack of the Clones. I might be wrong. I might be remembering wrong, but there are speeders that look almost identical to those in that chase scene. So I think they were trying to invoke those emotions from episode two, kind of to tie it all together. And maybe the big thing is, you know how George Lucas, 
he thinks everything's he uh, he makes everything rhyme, right? And obviously he's not doing this, but his apprentice Dave Filoni is. And what a better way to rhyme than to have um, Fennec Shan be hired by Boba Fett to get Omega and to have a chase scene that so closely resembles that chase scene from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I mean, I think just the chase scene in general in an action series is almost a thing you have to have at some point, right? Right, but specifically jumping like speeders move. in a city, it, it's, it doesn't happen that often in Star Wars. Yep, you're right. But yeah, a, lo- a lot of those sights and sounds were awesome. Um, and what about Fiddick Shan just straight up kills a dude, jumps in his speeder, and rips him out of the driver's seat and just th- just chucks him, dude. Like, yeets him out of the speeder into oblivion. That was pretty dark for a kid's show. Well, we don't know that he died. Yeah. Oh, my god! I don't think it's implied that he died. He's probably just... I'm pretty sure when he hit the ground, he just put a hole... That was the shape of his body, and then he walked right out. We, we didn't. We didn't see what happened. We didn't. We don't know. It being Disney, he could have fallen on another speeder and been all I right. I don't know. He didn't know. seem like he he had that prowess to kind of climb over speeders and stuff, dude. He's he's dead. I'm sorry, Diedrich. Um, I know. It feels like you have a connection to Lone Speeder Guy, but he's he's dead. If I don't ever see him again in any other media, he's dead. He's dead. No. Hey, you know what? In star Wars, nobody's dead until they explode or I see a head cut off. All right. True. True. That is true. I guess, uh, people, well, but those were all like Jedi. And even Palpatine exploded. Yeah, but he's a Sith. What if, uh, what if the guy that was yeeted from the speeder is actually, uh, the greatest Sith Lord ever. He's not Jar Jar, dude. That's true. He's not. He is no Jar Jar. Yeah, Jar Jar is Jar Jar. That's right. Misa love Jar Jar Binks. Anyway, um, yeah, so that, that was a pretty cool scene. I like Echo rallying the droids, uh, the protocol droid and the little R2 unit looking droids and that weird little um, kind of munchkin looking droid. I don't, I have no idea what that droid is. Um, I don't, I don't, have we ever seen that droid before? Is it, have any of you ever seen that droid before? I really don't know what you're talking about. The, the Munchkin little Navi droid? droid that was with there was two astromech droids and a protocol droid that helped uh, Echo go and fix the ship while everybody else was fa- uh, chasing finish. Oh, I thought it was three astromechs. I guess I didn't pay enough attention. Yeah, it was like this little droid with these stubby little arms and legs. He was kind of weird looking. I, I don't think I've ever seen a droid like that in Star Wars. Sounds like droid discrimination to me. It's probably supposed to be like an older model of an astromech. Yeah, possibly. Um, but that, that, the, the whole echo, uh, through line through this episode where he sold as a droid goes and pretty much tells the protocol droid that he's in charge now, <laughs> takes the restraining bolts off and leaves and his line to the shopkeeper as they're leaving to fix the ship is you really got a bargain with me. Like <laughs> that, that was hilarious. Oh, so good. Man, you guys really didn't think that was funny. Did you? Oh no. Nope, nah, really. suck. that that was that was good comedy. Look, I, I wish Wesley and Grant were here. It was good comedy. I wish Wesley and Grant were here. They would have laughed with me about that. Wesley would have laughed. So we get to the end of the episode, and Fennec Shan tells the uh, the foreman of the spaceport, "Hey, if they ever come back, let me know. Here's a little bit of cash, Galactic, whatever Republic credit. Who knows what she's giving him? I don't know what the Galactic Empire is trading these days." Um, but Imperial, Imperial credits. credits, that sounds, I mean, why couldn't you just make Republic credits, Imperial credits, make the same stuff anyway, whatever, whatever. It seems like an easy fix, but she tells the, uh, the foreman dude, if they come back, let me know. And she tells someone that she failed and that's pretty much the end of the episode. So. Who do we think that Fennec Shand is working for? I know that we have said kind of already our, our thoughts a little bit, but let's nail down some concrete hot takes. I don't know, man. It's like hard to tell. There's so many options. I assume that the Empire has just basically put out a general like look for this, look for this squad, look for this ship from all the bounty hunters. Maybe the bounty hunters guild is involved, right? They're taking that from the Mandalorian. Yes, that would be a good tie into the Mandalorian. Like I was talking about. A little bit earlier, and you guys were like, no, there's no way it's a tie-in to the Mandalorian. But it could be. No, because she was working for the Bounty Hunters Guild for the longest time until she Correct. came out of favor with them, right? And then they sent that other Bounty Hunter who right. the Mandalorian works with. 
So right now she's probably working for the man, uh, excuse yeah, me, the bounty hunters guild. I wonder who is in charge because she's definitely talking to a certain person and it seems like a very intimate relationship. Like I hired you to do this. Like specifically you were hired to find Omega and to capture her and you failed. That's kind of like the vibe I'm getting from that conversation. How crazy would it be if it was uh who's the guy in charge of the bounty hunters uh, guild Mandalorian? What's his yeah, name? Yeah, just, we'll just Carl Withers Carl character. Withers for now. I can't think of his name. Yeah, in space. So that it'd be crazy if he was like still around as a leading guy in the Bounty Hunters Guild. So Carl tells Fennec Shand to go get Omega, bring her back. I wonder what the Bounty Hunters want with her. Maybe I guess the Empire's got a all points bulletin out on her, um, trying to get her back. More than likely. Yeah, I mean, I think we know that in this time frame, a lot of the Bounty Hunters take bounties from the Empire, and she's definitely special. That's my guess. I think that's the safest right. bet. It's a pretty safe bet. Andrew, who do you think that Fennec Shand is working for? Uh, Boba Fett. The only gripe I have with Boba Fett is Boba Fett is only like... I mean, he's he's getting into the bounty hunter thing, but he's still pretty young at this point. Uh, I said the first thing that came to my mind. I think it's Palpatine. Cool. Directly. I don't know. I don't think I don't think Palpatine would be directly contacting Fennec Okay, Shand. then Tarkin. I think he would use a... Which is a direct descendant from Palpatine, not descendant, but you know, yeah, in that, in that chain, at, direct line yeah, chain to Palpatine. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if she's talking directly to Palpatine, that's like a uh, dude at McDonald's, um, checking people out, talking to like the CEO of McDonald's about some issue. That's, that's not CEO. how that happens. That, yeah. That. <laughs> no, you're right. It's probably like, uh, I think it's connected to Tarkin in some way. Possibly. See, I feel like Tarkin is above using bounty hunters, and that's why he's trying to make yeah. the squad, though. So I'm a little biased against it being Tarkin. Yeah, but who's the other... Oh, man, I can't believe I forgot his name already, but who's the other guy? Uh, Tartar Sauce? Rampart? Yeah, Rampart. There you go. Maybe Rampart, because, I mean, he was showing some initiative by just bringing in some random five dudes who apparently are the greatest five in the galaxy. Right. Um... So going back to Tarkin for a second, I kind of feel like he's like the opposite of Obi-Wan. Like he's like the mirror of Obi-Wan on the dark side or on the Empire side cuz he's so like pomp and circumstance, sticks to the Empire. He's he's all about the Empire's business and he doesn't want to do things that are beneath him. Like I feel like Obi-Wan kind of has that um has that attitude in the prequels where he like sticks to the Jedi code and he doesn't want to be doing anything that would look bad on the Jedi code. So I think Tarkin's the same way. He doesn't want anything to be uncivilized. Like, you know how Obi-Wan's like blasters are so uncivilized. I think he, I think Tarkin would be like uh, bounty hunters. So uncivilized. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. Hey, I'm just trying to draw parallels. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I I would just, I would disagree. I'm a disagree. I don't think, it's fair to say Tarkin is the dark side counterweight to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was the great negotiator. Tarkin just blasts or just uses force or just mass amount of armies. So he's like the mirror opposite is what you're saying. So he's the, so he's the compliment. He does that in, with the Death Star. But before that, like, uh, Tarkin is really... Obi-Wan kind of works in, the, in secret, in the shadows, always coming up with a smart idea to outwit somebody, whereas Tarkin is just like, well, we got a Death Star, we got like a million TIE fighters, we got Star Destroyers, we got an army. Well, that's kind of like as a last resort, but Tarkin really does play the mind games. He tries to get into your head a little bit, too, and intimidate you. That's, I don't know, I, I, I kind of think it's Obi-Wan style myself. All right, I give you that. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. You're right about that. All right. Anyone have anything else to say about the Bad Batch? I did not like that Fennec Shan was able to beat Wrecker. Yes, I didn't like. I did not like how easy we she took him on. We almost forgot about that. Like I, I even have that jotted down. Yes, I, Wrecker is supposed to be like. I mean, the clones are strong enough by themselves, but he's supposed to be an enhanced, super strong clone. How in the world did Fennec Shan outpower him? Like she didn't outmaneuver him really. She, Without her rifle, she didn't even use her sniping yeah. skills. She just like used right. the knife, and right? And she like, I mean, I guess she technically outmaneuvered him, but still, she shouldn't have been able to like sling him around like that. That was, I don't like that. I really don't. Yeah, she should not be stronger than the biggest brute in the the strongest squad of the entire Clone Wars. That that, that just doesn't sit well with me. I mean, this guy throws tanks around. 
Okay, like literally throws droid tanks around. Exactly. How in the world is he getting owned by Fennec Shand? Like, if she had outmaneuvered him, did like something smart, like planted some uh, detonators or something, electrocute something like that. Yeah, I can see that. That is something that Wrecker would fall for. Here's my here's my parallel to the Marvel world. It's like the Hulk getting beaten by Natasha. Yeah, it really is. It it doesn't make any sense. Or Black Widow shouldn't. It, it shouldn't be. So that is the end of our synopsis and discussion on The Bad Batch, episodes three and four. Great discussion, guys. Um, I'm really looking forward to these next couple episodes. I think we're going to find out what Omega is all about, you know, pretty soon. At least get some more clues. Um, I think there's going to be some big reveals coming up. So let's throw it to the Jedi Grand Master Yoda for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. <laughs> Conformity, the word of the week is. <laughs> um, Master Yoda, I don't think we uttered the word conformity one time during our discussion. The idea is of the old republic becoming the galactic empire. <laughs> okay, I, I can kind of see where you're going with that. So you're saying because uh, everyone is so readily accepting of the empire that the idea of conformity is the word of the week. So this I did already. Listen, you did not. No, I, I have been listening, Master. Hmm. Weak you are. Listen more, you must. Pay attention on the here and now. All right, Master Yoda, I will take your advice, and maybe next time I will focus in on a little bit more of the ideology of what we're talking about. This is all I can ask. <laughs> And with that, we come to the close of yet another episode of Dork Wars, the podcast. We'd like to thank everybody for your support. Thank you for following our Facebook page. Thank you for looking at our Twitter, our Instagram page, sharing our content. We really appreciate everything you guys are doing for us. We hope you have a good rest of your week. We will be back next week with another great episode for you. Thank you, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a pretty much whenever incest is brought up, you know, it's time to end the production.